And welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall here sitting with Alan Carter of Cabral Gold. Alan is the president and director of the company. Cabral is traded on the TSX Venture with the symbol CBR and in the U.S. OTC markets with CBGZF. Alan, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Good morning, Trevor. Very well, thanks. So for people who may be unfamiliar with the project, can you give us kind of a 30,000-foot view of what you guys have been working on? Yeah, well, I think let's start with the region. So we're working in an area of northern Brazil called the Tapajós region. It's in southern Pará state. And uh, the Tapajós region is pretty special because it was the site of the world's largest ever gold rush in history. Uh, Between 1978 and 1995, there was a gold rush here that involved about a million people uh, rushed up to this area and, and washed somewhere between 20 and 30 million ounces of gold from various streams uh, in the area. So to give you some perspective, Trevor, that's a gold rush that was 10 times the size of the California gold rush. So, mm. And the area that produced more gold than anywhere else was an area called Kuyu Kuyu, um, and that's that's where we're located. We, we control 100% of that project. Um, and that, that historically, uh, that area produced 2 million ounces, so about 10% or so of the total that was produced came out of Kuyu So we're on a little bit of a mission to uh, determine uh, where that gold is coming from because obviously that was placer gold that was mined mm-hmm. historically. So um, we found, uh, we've already identified a million ounces that we've blocked off and, and drilled out, but uh, most of the streams that uh, were he- uh, heavily mined for gold, um, we haven't yet determined where most of the gold was coming from. So okay. uh, we found some of the sources, um, but we expect that that million ounces is going to grow significantly. Okay. Well, before I move on to my next question, I will apologize for my improper pronunciation of the Port- Portuguese language down there. So, you know, if I've, if I've mispronounced anything, just please let me know. Uh, but I do want to ask you, you, you're a pretty young company. So how did you come into this project and what was done historically and, and what did 2018 bring for you? Yeah, um, well, I've always believed in this part of the world. So um, myself and the rest of the management team has been active in this part of Brazil for the last uh, 15 years. We've been directly involved in uh, five discoveries down there, uh, one of which our Brazil manager was instrumental in putting that in production along with uh, several other folks. Um, and so it's a region that has enormous potential and, it, and is hugely underexplored. Um, so, uh, as I said, we've been involved in a number of discoveries in this part of the world. Um, we got Cabral started on the back of a previous company that we had. It was called Magellan Minerals. Mm. Uh, Magellan made the original discovery at Kuyu Kuyu. Um, that company was subsequently um, bought out in uh, May 2016 by Anfield. Uh, resources, a company controlled by Ross Beattie, and that's now part of Equinox. And this asset was um, was split off from from that uh, transaction prior, a few months prior to that mm-hmm. transaction transaction happening. So we had it in a private company, and we took the company public about a year ago. Yeah, and so your your background is in geology. So what is it about the geology of this project that gets you really excited? Is there anything different that you're finding that's uh, maybe new and challenging for you? I think the thing that's uh, really grabbed my attention, and I've looked at hundreds uh, and hundreds of uh, projects in my career, if not over a thousand, um, the thing that's really striking about it is the amount of placer gold that, that come out of that area uh, mm. to start with, and also the size of the uh, footprint there. So we have a soil anomaly which is approximately 18 kilometres long. A lot of the area is covered by post-mineral sediments, and um, some of the... Um, 
grades that we've been finding on surface have really been bonanza grades. So if you look at our uh, press releases for the last six months or so, there's a there's quite a lot of new areas in there we weren't aware of when we were working here previously with Magellan. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, we're keen to start drilling some of those areas in, um, early in the new year, probably mm -hmm. starting in January. But as I said, we've already got a million ounces um, blocked off. Um, I'm optimistic that that will grow significantly moving forward. And, and it's clear that there's a lot of high-grade material on surface here that's not been previously drill tested. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I kind of picked up was your, the use of an auger drill to go through some of that uh, base sediment rock that's up on surface. And that, I think that's kind of new to some people. And, and you don't necessarily see a whole lot of auger drilling, but kind of describe that approach, what the use is going to be, and then what comes after that. Well, we think that this area, even though these rocks are ancient rocks, I mean, the, the actual host rocks to the gold mineralization is about 1.7 billion years old, but much, much more recently, probably 50 to 100,000 years ago, a large part of the area is covered by uh, a lake, and um, that wasn't immediately apparent to us when we were working here originally. It's become apparent in the last few months that we are seeing lake sediments um, over approximately 70% of the area. And now that's important because 70% uh, of the area is essentially covered by a thin sequence of, of fairly recent lake sediments, which is masking a lot of the gold mineralization there. So mm -hmm. the, the auger drilling is um, it's a handheld uh, motorized uh, screw auger that will drill, allow us to drill down 20 to 25 meters through those mm. unconsolidated lake sediments to get to the weathered bedrock uh, underneath and, and the weathered bedrock is where the gold mineralization is. So it's it's a pretty effective exploration tool. It's much cheaper than diamond drilling. It is more expensive than soil sampling. Uh, but as I said, uh, soil sampling is in, ineffective over 70% mm. of the area because of the cover. But um, the auger sampling has been particularly effective um, in the last few months and uh, that's an ongoing program. And I expect as that, that program advances that it'll keep turning up uh, additional targets. Does the auger drilling... Does any like rainfall have, dictate any of the work with the auger drilling, or is wet or dry you're you're good to go either way? Yeah, wet or dry, we're good to go. I mean, um, you know, like most tropical areas, there's a there's a, um, a a rainy season from November to April in in this part of Brazil, and uh, it does slow down the production rate a little bit. But um, you know, we're uh, I think one of the advantages we've got in the area where we are is unlike a lot of places northern latitudes um, mm. and some southern extreme southern latitudes is the the winter does cut you out for for months and months of mm. time of, of doing work and um, that's not the case in brazil we're able to work here on this project 12 months a year yeah well you did mention equinox but what other big players in the mining uh, sector are kind of surrounded in the area as well well, um, the biggest one would be um, El Dorado Gold. El Dorado has a, uh, an advanced project which is fully permitted, about 25 kilometres from where we are. It's called Tocantins Inyo. Okay. We were directly involved in the discovery of that. Until recently, I had a royalty in it. Um, and so they have a large land position there. Anglo-American also um, has quite a lot of ground in the Tapajos, about 2.5 million hectares. Um, several blocks of theirs are immediately adjacent to ours. Mm -hmm. Um, Nexa, which is um, one of the world's largest zinc companies um, and was one of the largest mining IPOs ever on the Toronto Stock Exchange last year, they also have a lot of ground in this part of the world. So, and I think, um, you know, for, for those of uh, listeners of yours who, who are not familiar with Brazil, I think it's important to, to uh, remember that there are some very large gold companies that are active um, 
beyond the Tapajos, but but in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Kinross's second largest gold mine, um, Mordoro, is in Brazil. Yamana has several mines uh, in Brazil. Anglo American, oh, sorry, Anglo Gold Ashanti has three mines, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so there are a lot of different um, companies active. Yeah. So there's infrastructure there that you're able to capitalize on. Yeah, and the infrastructure in in this part of the world has has changed an awful lot in the last five years. Um, there's a north south highway here that was always a graded road um, and a major uh, road uh, that's been paved in the last uh, three years or so. And that's allowing a lot of the soybean traffic um, hmm. that's coming out. That's being the soybeans produced several hundred kilometres to the south of us, and and used to head south, uh, and then uh, east across to ports in Rio is now switched to go north, and then because the road has now been paved, so they're loading these trucks on uh, uh, new ports that are springing up at Itaituba, which is uh, on the Rio Tapajos, and, and, and taking them out to the coast. Okay. Now, that's important to give you some sort of sense of that. The soybean trade, Brazil is the world's largest exporter of soy, and uh, during the harvest time, there's 5,000 trucks a day go up and down that road. Mm, it's used a lot. <laughs> so, so, you know, and so the government's just put the, uh, that the even though it was paved just three years ago, they're already uh, put it out to bid to expand that road from a two-lane to a four-lane highway. Oh, okay. Um, and there's plans afoot for a railway also to go up that road. So, uh, yeah, the infrastructure is changing really quickly. Okay. So it sounds like in 2018 you accomplished a lot of the early stage exploration. So what's next for 2019? What's the plan here? Uh, it's really dr- uh, drilling, Trevor. I mean, uh, we want to kick off with a 5,000-meter program uh, early to mid-January, and we'll be testing six or seven of these um, these high-grade targets, most of which have n- had no drilling whatsoever. And we've got some bonanza grade grades, mm-hmm. multi-ounce numbers. I mean, anybody who has an interest should just check out our, our uh, investor presentation, which is on the website. About a million ounces of resource inferred and indicated? Yeah, that, that's what we already have. But as I said, that's sort of like the... That's that. That's the uh, the uh, that's already in place now. Mm-hmm. What we're targeting here is something much larger than that, several million ounces. But I think the grade's going to improve significantly because, as I said, we've identified uh, lots of um, very high grade targets on surface with, where we're getting multi ounce uh, mm-hmm. numbers and a lot of visible gold. So uh, we're going to be drilling as many of those targets as we can. Okay, uh, I want to ask you about your share structure. Yeah, uh, you know, give us the rundown of uh, how many shares you got outstanding, and uh, you know what that looks like for two thousand eight, uh, two thousand nineteen. If there's maybe some sort of financing uh, in the works that you'll be needing to use. Yeah, uh, we've currently got thirty one point four million shares issued, of which management owns about forty two percent. So a very tight share structure. Uh, yeah, we have a good share structure. We're still very much in the discovery stage, uh, but as I said, I think uh, the fact that we've already got a million ounces on the slate and that we're targeting several million ounce deposit here. We're very close to a major company with a fully permitted project at Tocantins and Tanzania. Um, and uh, there are other companies that surround us. And we think Kuyu Kuyu, I think the most important thing is that we think Kuyu Kuyu is a district scale uh, type mm. opportunity um, okay. with uh, probably multiple deposits within within the block that we um, we currently control. There's an awful lot more gold there still waiting to be discovered, and and I'm confident of that because I know that gold's been mined over a lot of streams, and as yet we haven't found the source of a lot of that gold. Most of the gold that was mined previously. Okay. Well, I would be dismissed if I didn't ask you about the geopolitics of Brazil, since that's a pretty hot topic uh, mm. with the recent presidential elections down there. Any impact, uh, not only for Cabral, but for the mining industry in Brazil that uh, you maybe are keeping an eye on? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit early to tell, but, um, um, you know, we'll see what the new government brings in. The the, uh, the initial signs are encouraging. Uh, we're encouraged by the appointment of the um, um, the uh, the uh, new uh, <coughs> Minister for the Economy, um, who's a guy called Paul, uh, Paolo Guedes, who's... Um, an economist. He's Chicago trained. He's a he's a free marketeer. He's um, he's very pro foreign investment. Um, I think that will have uh, a lot of knock on effects. I think a lot of the mm-hmm. projects that are some of the projects at least that have been stalled um, will will actually get uh, get a push forward. Mm-hmm. And um, and similarly on the justice side, um, the uh, president elect Jair Bolsonaro has uh, has um, appointed um, Sergio Moro. Sergio Moro is the the lead judge who was responsible for the whole Lava Jato car wash corruption investigation. So I think that will have a lot of positive knock-on effects. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, as one of the 500 companies that's currently, Canadian companies that's currently active in Brazil, um, I'm quite optimistic by the initial signs, but we'll wait and see. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's worth noting that um, certainly we're a Canadian company, uh, and as I said, we're one of 500 Canada and Brazil do about $30 billion worth of trade a year, um, and there's more uh, investment from Brazil into Canada than goes the other way. But mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm, I'm you know, cautiously optimistic that the business environment um, will, uh, will, will be, uh, be favourable going forward. Okay. Uh, my last question for you, uh, what's going to be the biggest challenge for Cabral going into the new year? I think as a small uh, company... Um, that currently is not in production. The, the, the biggest challenge for us always is in, in, in financing and, and our ability to finance the company going forward. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I think that's probably the same for, um, for most companies of our size. Um, we're a very small company. We have a very good asset. If you look at, uh, you know, as I said, we've got uh, a million ounces already in resources. So they're currently valued at about uh, six, five, between five and six US dollars an ounce in the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the, the current gold price, which is over 1,200, I think there's an amazing opportunity uh, going forward here. But um, yeah, financing risk. But I, I think, um, you know, I'm certainly going to write a significant check on, uh, on, the, uh, on the current financing that we've announced. And as I said, I think the fact that uh, management owns 42% of the company, um, you know, speaks to our commitment in terms mm-hmm. of ensuring that the company's finance going forward. Is it is it challenging to be uh, exploring in Brazil and looking for pe- public capital to finance these projects when there's a number of similar projects both in Canada and the U.S.? I mean, what's your, like, what's your argument or your, your, your case that you make to investors to convince them that money is suited in Brazil more than, say, the U.S. or Canada? Yeah, I think... Um, uh, look, I think uh, I invest in uh, in this space, uh, and I invest in quite a lot of companies like ours. And so, and the, so the sort of things I look for are the first thing is I look for management mm-hmm. with a track record. So not just of discovery, uh, a management team that's able to raise money on a go forward basis and has had some success going forward. And I'd suggest to you, I think we tick those boxes in terms of uh, for companies our mm-hmm. size. Um, we've been able to finance our companies through the downturn between 2011 and 2016, and we sold our last company to one of Ross Beattie's companies. The other thing I look for is capital structure. And uh, we have, as you said, a pretty tight capital structure with 31.4 million shares out. Obviously, project is important. 
uh, ideal, I li like to invest in something that is, um, I think you get maximum value um, in terms of your share appreciation in, in our space from a company that's on the cusp of a discovery so that you mm -hmm. can make 10, 20, 30 times your money. Um, and I'd suggest to you, with already a million ounces blocked off, a district-scale project and multiple showings here and the area that produced more gold, placer gold, than mm -hmm. any other area in, in a region which was the site of the world's largest ever gold rush. Uh, that, to me, is, is uh, pretty compelling. And so the other thing I like to look for is that there are major companies in the, in the, in the same region. And, and as I said, we are very close to a, a project which is fully permitted that's owned by Eldorado Gold. So those are some of the things I look for. Um, so, and I think those do distinguish us. And we mentioned the political environment, that it, that is improving here going forward. I think there will be more companies investing in Brazil um, with the change of the government. Um, and, and I think this is just an amazing opportunity. Alan, thank you so much for your time and thanks for sharing the story of Cabral. Uh, that's Alan Carter, President and Director of Cabral Gold. Cabral is traded on the TSX Venture under CBR and in the US OTC market with CBGZF.